there. Welcome to what is now episode 20 of the Post-Concussion Syndrome Awareness Podcast. Oh, blimey. I mean, it only seems like two minutes ago since I started this. It was only October and uh, I've even taken some time out in between. Uh, but, you know, it, it seems to be going quite well. And uh, I want to start out... Um, before I, I get into the main topic of the subject of the podcast, um, to just give some feedback that people have given me. And I, I know it's, it's extraordinary in this day and age um, not to be, like, criticised or shot down uh, because of, like, like the uh, kind of, like, well, what was a liberal left, which has now been hijacked by, like, nefarious, egregious people, uh, to like shut down conversation on, on any kind of debate over stuff. But I guess, and I'm only kind of paraphrasing here, that in terms of post-concussion syndrome, mild traumatic brain injury, traumatic brain injury, and all the related ABI issues, um, none of these so-called woke people that are offended on other people's behalves actually have the ability or the intellect to, to kind of critique or, or look at what we're doing and criticise it. So I want to give a great amount of thanks to all those people who cannot think for themselves, or as I would say, the people that just let other people do their thinking for them, and uh, to say, well, you know, um, long may it continue. Just leave us alone to do our own thing. Um <laughs> I know that's a bit cheeky of me. Some of you might be a bit shocked right now, but I, I don't really care. And and you know what? We, we can discuss what we want to discuss. Whoever wants to come on the podcast with me and debate this, I'm more than happy to do so. Uh, and we've got a safe, free area, a free forum, a place that is, is kind of sacred to us to be able to do that. So, you know... Long may that continue. And now on to the main subject matter. Um, this may be a little bit out there for some people, although some of you will understand this. Um, the the course of how uh, post concussion syndrome, our experiences, our brain injury changes, uh, as I've talked about in past episodes. Uh, will naturally lead us to have difficulties with relationships. Um, now, if you're like myself, uh, it, it has, in the past, it's impaired judgment about the choice of new partners or entering into new relationships through that reduced or diminished ability to, to have uh, social judgment or to be able to to uh, make the right types of decisions and now I know I know some of you uh, may have ended up uh, as a result of, of your, your previous life experience or early life experience choosing relationships which were then in later years uh, problematic or you could have ended up with somebody who was very controlling or abusive or uh, very narcissistic and uh, toxic. And of course, when you, you've been through 
uh, a brain injury or you've been through post-concussion syndrome, you are generally seen by these people as a target, as uh, an easy prey, so to speak. And having experienced this type of uh, abuse, you then may well, you well possibly be more more um, kind of. depleted, really, really kind of taken down uh, by the experience as well. So it, it is something that, that can really be problematic too. It, it can be something that, that, that kind of eats away at your self-esteem uh, and your own, own sense of well, uh, worth as well. Um, now, the fact that I mention this will also bring uh, to mind for some of you um, the fact that you may have previously encountered trauma or you may be suffering either CPTSD or PTSD uh, as a result of not just your brain injury or incidents in your life, but also uh, abuse or trauma uh, through childhood and things as well. So what is PTSD? Post-traumatic syndrome disorder um, is something which is generally associated with people that have been to war, or have been in the army, or the navy, or the air force, or or been in the police force, or, or anywhere. And that that is is kind of an unfair projection in some ways. Yes, those people may well have suffered multiple post-traumatic kind of disorders and things as well. Um, but unfortunately, that that's 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 the worst case scenario. Is somebody that's been to war, that's seen horrific things, that may have witnessed deaths and uh, and all kinds of tragic incidents. Uh, but it, that should never take away from what somebody has suffered following post concussion syndrome or f- following a traumatic incident that has led to them being concussed, or even worse, as as some people are in our groups that. I've had traumatic or, or severe traumatic brain injury through accidents or assaults and so on. So there the then becomes a battle between us to try and uh, separate things out. And people always do tend to do this in order to try and grade and judge things, which I, I don't think we can reasonably do. But unfortunately, it does happen uh, and then CPTSD, so complex post-traumatic stress disorder, because it, it doesn't always happen. You know, some people w- will suffer a traumatic stress through an accident or something where nobody else has been involved. They may have had an accident or a bike or a car or a crash or an accident, or uh, it could have been an assault or, or a series of assaults whether that be physical, uh, psychological, traumatic, sexual, all kinds of things. There's a, and CPTSD, where it becomes complex, can often be a combination of, of many of those factors. I know many people myself that, that, that have, have suffered through those. And, um, you know, I've, 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 I've probably tried to suppress my own um, and de- even deny uh, my own experiences with CPTSD through the years, and I've never ever spoken about this before, but 
people or uh, unfortunately sometimes it's been worn like a people have tried to wear it like a badge of honor to say well oh no i i was in the army i was in i was in this or that and i i have ptsd so you the normal person who was in a car crash or, or had a head injury you can't possibly uh, have had that or it may be somebody else that you know that has, has, has put that same kind of uh, fractured angle upon you and said, well, you know, I've got a friend who was in Afghanistan or Iraq or whoever, and they had severe PTSD and they had to be treated by psychiatrists and they had drugs. So you just had a head injury. How can you possibly know what, you know, how can you possibly compare what you've been through to that person's experience. And this kind of denigrates and uh, just kind of uh, malignantly devaluates the whole discussion on post-traumatic stress. And unfortunately, this happens more often than, than people are prepared to uh, kind of uh, talk about. Uh, and unfortunately, these people, these kind of woke people, or supposedly woke people, who have never experienced post-traumatic syndrome uh, or stress disorder themselves are the ones in between who are, who are preventing uh, all types of people that truly have had traumatic, uh, you know, kind of stress problems uh, from discussing them. So um, we need to um, stand up against this rising tide of anti anti-freedom of speech uh, kind of propaganda, uh, not just coming in through the health areas of life, but I think it's coming in in all other areas of life as well. I think um, that the kind of uh, the people that have hijacked the freedom of speech movement are the ones that are driving uh, everybody to shut up. Uh, just shut up, you know, do as we tell you to think. And if, if you can't think and repeat and parrot what we say regarding health or anything else, then you're a, you're a really bad person and uh, you're, you're disgusting. Um, you know, we've, we've had so many kind of issues online uh, recently and um, people have been shamed of just for having an opinion. And I think it's a very, very dangerous thing. Uh, but particularly the, this impacts on people that have had post-traumatic stress, particularly from brain injury and from many other aspects, um, because the, these people who are, are kind of driving the campaign against uh, people expressing their injuries and their stress are, are not even injured themselves. They're just people in between who are... Um, kind of trying to drive a wedge between one part of society and another. And um, in psychological terms, they don't possibly even know why they're doing this. They've just been told to do it by somebody else who's told them that it's a good thing to do so. And so, you know, you have to think very carefully before you even uh, try and speak up against somebody who's had, who, who says they're going through post-traumatic stress or post-concussion syndrome as well and hopefully this this won't get to uh, our area of post-concussion syndrome it won't be the point where people can kind of drive the issue so far that they deny what we're going through um, but there are many many um, 
people, good people, in the fields of psychology, psychotherapy and psychiatry and alternative psychiatry and alternative drug uh, medicine treatment that are trying to help as well. Um, Now, you've heard in previous podcasts, we talked about uh, people who have been helped through the use of MDMA therapy. Uh, This is something that is going on underground at the moment, but it is being researched um, through the likes of maps and so on uh, elsewhere, where this, in the near future, uh, and this is also going on through the use of psilocybin and ketamine and LSD and other, other drugs which were previously classed as, as banned, kind of dirty psychedelic drugs, which if used in the correct medicinal uh, proportion and purposes can use, be used massively to help people with post-traumatic stress disorder, CPTSD, PCS and other kinds of depression and anxiety as well. So there's there's a very fine line and of course we need to um, consider how this will fit into the kind of paradigm of modern healthcare, the healthcare systems and also this is going to be part of what is called the new paradigm because at the moment we have uh, an industrial complex which uh, kind of guards over uh, modern healthcare and is basically just toxic chemical drugs. So you're talking about opiates, sleeping tablets, antidepressants, painkillers, benzodiazepines, tranquilizers, all, all of the types of pharmaceutical drugs. And they are classed in the chemical class of toxins. So there are chemicals which have the potential to cause great harm, but at an extreme point, they can uh, they can actually cause some suppression of symptoms as well. So they, they do have benefits on both, on one side, but not on the other, but on one side they do. Um, and then you then have to think about, well, actually, what is the downside? And often the downside can be a lot worse than the upside. Um, Now, when we look then to the new movement for research into what were formerly classed as psychedelics, so psilocybin, which is from the, uh, you know, the mushroom, the fungi family, the active psilocin, psilocybin, which has been used to treat cancer patients who are near to death, palliative care for depression, anxiety, and also for neurogenesis, which is the recreation of the brain and neural pathways into new areas. Uh, That's one area. We look at the traditional use of LSD or uh, in uh, psychotherapy, that's a whole different area. That's to do with the mind and recovery from psychiatric disorders and all kinds of problems. And we're not talking about uh, the kind of doses that are just going to make people trip out and and kind of get crazy. We're talking about small doses, uh, like kind of conscious small doses and things which have a benefit on a very different physical, psychological psych. Uh, psychological way Um, and then also we're looking at MDMA which has been used in the past in therapy couples therapy uh, marital uh, therapy for couples 
and all kinds of things, but specifically for post-traumatic stress disorder. So sessions that are done specifically to guide people in a guided experience with this type of thing uh, in order to help them to recover from trauma permanently. Also, we've got other things. Uh, opioids, to some expect to, to some extent, can be used, but only in in the right context. Not if they're used daily in the terms of like you, you know the pharmaceutical form, and then also ketamine, which is for uh, depression, uh, for people with acute suicidal or acute anxious depression and also uh, for pain, for chronic pain as well. If you go through our groups, I'm sure that there have been many people, that, especially in the USA and other areas, where they, they are, they're, they're still using that and getting that prescribed daily or in oral doses and things which help them, where otherwise they'd have to take opiates and get hooked and physically, emotionally, psychologically hooked on opiates. So, um, yeah, if you're not familiar with any of this and you're thinking, oh my God, what's he talking about? What is he on about here, talking about all this stuff? Well, actually, you, you know, this is the future. It's been the future uh, for quite a while now. And going forwards, it's only going to get more and more into the mainstream. Because as we know, in America, you have an opiate epidemic. You've got not only... Oh, Millions of Americans addicted to opiates, not just heroin, opium, cocaine, codeine, uh, all the other stuff, dihydrocodeine, morphine and that. You've got illegal, illegal, you've got a massive problem, you've got crime, in, crime rates in society just like going through the roof. Um, it's just, and it's the same here in Europe and UK as well. Uh, possibly not in places like Holland and Portugal where it's been decriminalised and they've got really good results from that. But um, in the places where it's still demonised, then you tend to have a problem. So th there may well be uh, a logical con conclusion to that. Um, so w where to go from there? Well, you've got to have uh, a change in attitude, I think. And um, this is very, very much happening uh, and going forwards, um, I, I think a lot of the old-fashioned pharmaceutical drugs are going to be left behind, and uh, that that's possibly going to be over the next kind of ten or twenty years, where they they just become out of date. They just become no longer relevant. You know, it really seems like well, uh, you know, the things that they tried so hard to paint and and, and bring out are really going to be uh, left by the roadside, by the by. So, um, you've then got to think about also um, the things that nature's given us, um, which, which most of those um, psychedelics are, they've been given or are synthesized through nature. Uh, but there's other things as well. Um, there are things which are, are, are very much to do with the uh, like the kind of like psychological recovery from trauma, uh, PTSD and brain injury as well, uh, and those have often come from uh, shamanic traditions or traditional types of medicine. Uh, so those may differ very very much depending on whereabouts in the world that you live. 
uh, in you know North America or Europe, Australia or South America especially. There's a great tradition for that, um, but it, it may, there may be things that come across your path as well that uh, you, you want to look into. Um, so again, we don't, I don't, we don't recommend anything that that is you know to to be used in a recreational sense. Um, there are not any real long-term benefits from using any type of thing recreationally. Uh, they, they may you may get some uh, kind of short-term instantaneous benefits, but long-term you're not going to get that. Um, but in terms of long-term recovery, and not just from trauma, but from addiction and things which are, are kind of combined with trauma, uh, as PTSD and CPTSD are often uh, elements of codependency, drug addiction, uh, opiate addiction, alcohol addiction, heroin addiction, all kinds of things. Um, so f for those of you listening, you, you may have, have had those issues you don't particularly want to talk about them in in the public groups and things, which I understand. You, you're then gonna uh, be thinking about this longer term. So the types of uh, things which you're gonna have to look to are gonna have to be something which is done in a controlled setting by people that are fully capable and able and, and qualified to do so so people are, are, are you know kind of uh, qualified uh, and accredited therapists so for addictions whether it be alcohol opiate heroin or so on you've got iboga ibogaine which may be uh, available in certain clinics again in a medicinal setting or you may have uh, some people that use ayahuasca, which is the, the constituent is dimethyltryptyline, uh, which is there again, which has been used very successfully over many years uh, to help with alcohol, opiate, drug addiction, and withdrawal within a very short space of time. Although these methods have been proven to be very effective, they are not effective for everybody and it's unknown why but they will not work for everyone so please find the right qualified person if you are going to look in those routes for, for that type of thing and don't just take a chance on somebody that you know that, that, that thinks they can do it you need to be with somebody who, who really has a, a good accreditation qualification and reputation for um, kind of um, supplying that type of therapy so in terms of traumatic stress, yeah, the main problems that we're going to get are recurring negative images, emotional flashbacks and problems. Um, the emotional flashbacks and things which could also come from uh, subsequent bad relationships. Um, they may not always just be from the brain injury or, or the situation you're in. There may be a, a narcissistic or sociopathic abusive relationship that you had before or after your brain injury. That type of person that was really, really uh, kind of controlling, that put you in a double bind situation where whatever you did was never good enough. 
you could answer yes or no or one way or the other to whatever they asked you and you would still be the bad person this person that kind of abused you mentally gaslighted you put you through hell and then turned around and made you the bad person that's another type of traumatic abuse uh, which can lead to CPTSD uh, and after following a brain injury it's so so easy to get into that type of relationship uh, unfortunately I did um, and uh, I'm not really ready to talk about that yet but um, uh, the person destroyed my life and took everything from me and um, then turned around and called me a complete loser and you know a disgusting person and a failure and everything else and let kind of like heaped all this kind of blame and criticism on me and you know took everything I had left me on the street uh, and then you know as, as that person has never ever uh, kind of uh, well even since has still tried to destroy me um, but that is something that you often will have to deal with and uh, quite often you will find that like myself we didn't actually do anything wrong but the violence the abuse and the the shaming the the blaming the criticism the everything that you went through uh, is still very real uh, and then you have to recover you have to learn you have to learn about your abusers you have to learn about the stress and the trauma that you've been through you have to understand it and that can be too much for some people but unfortunately it is something that you're gonna have to go through if you want to have to um, understand what the the post-traumatic stress a bit better uh, there's one there's a few people I could recommend but uh, the one I'm going to recommend most of all uh, for people that have been through any type of abusive relationship post-traumatic stress uh, and this is an addition to post-concussion syndrome uh, there's a gentleman who has a channel on YouTube and Instagram uh, his name is Richard Grannon that's uh, Grannon spelled G-R-A-N-N-O-N um, he also has a channel called Spartan Life Coach and he's British but he's a very quite well educated gentleman and he speaks very well about the different types of stress about narcissistic abusive relationships and, and psychology in general and I think that that would be one that you could possibly look up uh, if you've been through some of the issues that I've just mentioned uh, so once again, I'm going to keep this podcast fairly short uh, because the, the more uh, kind of emotive issues, I think they, they should be kept shorter as well. Uh, so thank you for listening to me again. And, and please, if you've got any experiences uh, or if there's something that I've crossed over into that you want to bring up, please bring it to my attention. Please mention it to me. And I'm, I'm so grateful for all, all the messages that you sent me as well uh, and for some of the feedback. And, and even uh, I've had some feedback from my own friends. And I, I know most of the people I know don't have post-concussion syndrome, but they, they, they sent me some, some nice feedback and saying, well, 
you know, actually speak quite well. <laughs> he talked quite well in his podcasts. So I think that's quite sweet of them. And uh, I, I want to send them all my love as well. Because, um, you know, I, I always love when my friends and the people that I love take even a little bit of interest in the things that I'm doing. Yeah, I don't know about you, but it, it makes everything worthwhile. And, uh, yeah, I, w- I want to send all my thanks and my blessings to them as well. Um, yeah, particularly uh, my friends in South America, because they're very special too. Uh, one in particular, and, uh, and and they know who they are, in Santiago. Right, so uh, thank you very much for listening again. And um, if you want to find us on, uh, again, I'll, I'll say again, on, on Twitter, it, the handle name is at Post Concussion. On Facebook, look us up at Post Concussion Syndrome Awareness Worldwide. There's a several groups there. Uh, you can contact myself on Facebook by messenger, David Bottomley. And uh, there's also uh, Post Concussion Syndrome Awareness UK wordpress.com and that's the main blog uh, where we got messages as well um, I think that's about it uh, but in, you know just um, if you've got any criticisms I'm always open to those happy to get any kind of interaction uh, any questions any recommendations anybody that wants to contribute just keep all that stuff coming because so far you haven't let us down Really, really glad, really happy, really pleased about all the contributions that everybody's made. And um, if there's any areas where you want want me to go particularly deeper down the rabbit hole, then just please, 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 please bring those forwards and I'll be delighted to do so. Uh, And so I think uh, next episode, uh, coming up, I think it's 21 or whatever it is, um, I'm probably going to have a really good chat with Brian Starr again about natural remedies and natural medicine and things. So that might be a bit of a humdinger um, because he's he's kind of on my level in some ways. And I'm sure there'll be some other good chat and, and, and things about music and healing in there as well. So thanks once again. Uh, really, really appreciate you listening. Really appreciate your messages. Really appreciate everybody that's been on the podcast so far. Please, please, please stick with us. Keep listening. And thank you. And good night for now. God bless. This is a very important disclaimer. In fact, it's not even a disclaimer. These are things that most sentient intelligent, reasonable people actually know. And what am I talking about? In fact, in well, with the podcasts that we're making, you have to be responsible. Myself, my guests and my podcasts are not here to give you medical advice. We are not paid professionals. So, as society and the woke community, community dictates... We're here to say to you, any information which we put out in the podcast, anything we give to you, is not construed or considered in any legal way or fashion whatsoever as medical advice. Any reasonable person knows that. But you're always going to get one or two or maybe a few hundred people that really are just as dumb 
as a, b, c, x, y, z. So, please do not take anything we say as medical advice or any other way. Please do your own research, your own uh, just due diligence into whatever we say. And if you need, if you feel you need, if you really, because you could really trust yourself, feel you need the help, trust yourself to get in touch with your local practitioner, general practitioner, doctor, specialist, or whomever, or your psychiatrist, or whoever you're dealing with through post-conquistic syndrome or any other health condition. And if I need to spell this out any more, just be really considerate and kind to yourself. And don't, please don't accept what we're saying as any kind of medical or legal or personal advice. I don't know how many other ways to say it, but I'm sure those of you who are intelligent enough will realise that, yeah, we don't give that kind of advice. And if you did want that kind of advice, you'd probably pay somebody that was really good at it to give give it to you in the first place. So don't worry about that. Uh, just enjoy the podcasts. And uh, there's so many, there's 24 of them now at least, and, and just, just really, really uh, have a, a wonderful time. And please get in touch if you need to. But don't worry about um, thinking that, you know, anything else. Just, just really, really enjoy what we're doing. And so much love and respect to you all. Thank you.